You're listening to Japan Baseball Weekly. News, interviews, analysis, and hot takes about all 12 NPB teams. Hosted by Jim Allen and John E. Gibson. Hi, and welcome to the Japan Baseball Weekly Podcast. It's for the week of September 4th. I'm John Gibson, and with me on a Sunday morning, bright and early, is Jim Allen. How you doing, bud? You awake? <laughs> I am awake. I've been awake since... Uh... Let's see. I, my, alarm went off, my alarm went off at 5. I got out of bed 5.15, and I've been awake since about quarter to 6. Okay. All right. Well, I'm sort of awake, too, but uh, <laughs> this is yep. this is new, so my voice sounds a little bit raspy, but that's good. That is good. <laughs> it's a good thing. It's a good that thing. It is good, because if, you know, at our age, if, if you can say, I'm awake, that's a good thing. <laughs> True that. I got, I got friends who can't say that, so... True that, true that. All right, on this week's show, we've got first-year Cebu import Mark Payton as the guest. We discussed the playoff races. We've got our power tracks segment, and we discussed the top August performers as well as try to spit some high heat in there. So let's start swinging. Clearing the bases. All right, so I made the short trip out to Cebu land and sat down with first-year import Mark Payton, and this was about two weeks ago or 10 days ago or two weeks ago who knows at this age you talk about age we're, we're... <laughs> yeah if you can if you remember that this morning is sunday so i'll give you credit for that thank Good you bonus thank you. <laughs> bonus is cool and as you i guess if you're faithful listeners you might remember dietrich ends the pitcher for cebu uh guy from illinois near chicago uh told us he was friends with mark payton and mark ended up on the team with the Sabre lions through no assistance of of Dietrich in, in particular but uh we found that out this earlier this season so I knew I had to talk to Mark about that and uh Mark hasn't you know he has been struggling with some injuries this season hasn't been able to produce he, he got hot he was hot in the stretch uh leading up to when we did the interview and he had been getting some playing time and uh he had been looking good and um anyway you'll hear about him talk about Dietrich and their friendship and uh the fact that they were both in the Yankees organization together as well, and and now here they are in Japan. This season, like I said, Mark has been dealing with these injuries. It hasn't really played out like he'd want, I'm sure, but I think he has made an impression, at least enough of an impression, that he can come back next season for a team that is also struggling and not doing that well. But you know, everyone is growing, and that includes Mark, so let's take a listen to what he had to say. All right, we are sitting with Mark Payton of the Sabre Lions. Thank you very much for taking the time today. Oh, thanks for having me. Now, as you will hear, I have a mask on, but Mark does not, so. <laughs> <laughs> but how are you physically, young man? You've been struggling with some issues this yeah. season. Yeah, just a couple small things, you know, getting hit in the head and kind of getting my body banged up uh, in spring training and then trying to play through it and uh, feel better now. Um, you know, obviously, you just want to be out on the field and playing and helping, helping the team, you know, do what they wanted you to do when they brought you over. So, um, you know, I've never wanted to sit out, never wanted to play hurt, but sometimes you got to try to play through things, and uh, I just couldn't be myself with what was going on. Well, it must feel really good to actually get out there and and play, but also you're trying to get healthy and also adjust to NPV. How do you do that? Yeah, no, just, I mean, just, uh, <laughs> you know, when I was not playing, I was watching every game, um, you know, on my iPad and 
and just kind of watching how pitchers work, especially you know how they're throwing to Mac and um, you know just kind of really just you know and talking to teammates, guys that have played here. We have a good group of, of veterans that have been around that have had a lot of success in this league, and um, you know what they what, you know what they've done well, what they have, which they would have changed, and. I think you know the more at bats you get, the more games you get under your belt, uh, the more comfortable you're going to be. But this is this is a tough league for any foreigner to come in and, and try to learn on the fly. Definitely, I've seen them come and go, <laughs> mostly go. Right, uh, right. <laughs> now uh, you have ten hits to right, you have seven to center, you have eight to left, but all your home runs are to right field. Now, how much is this emblematic of you as a hitter? Um, I, you know, I like to spray the ball all over the yard, obviously. Uh, my pull power is, is going to be better than my opposite field power, uh, you know, but Japanese defense is extremely well, so I think me as a hitter, uh, to my advantage, being able to use all parts of the park, um, you know, plays, plays to my advantage so they can't do certain shifts. Now, I'm not going to hit the hit 15, 20 homers the other way. You know, most of my home runs are going to come to the pull side. Um, but I think being able to use the entire field is, is something I've always been uh, pretty good at. Uh, so please tell us more about how you and the new Papa Dietrich uh, ended up on the same team after yeah. playing. I interviewed him earlier this yeah. season and he told me that. I'm like, what? Yeah, crazy. So we, uh, our houses are probably 15, 20 minutes depending on uh, how many lights <laughs> are, are green or red or whatever the case. Yeah. But, uh, you know, at that time, kind of in the area, there were there were two or three really good uh, summer travel baseball teams in in our area, in the Chicagoland area, um, and we started playing together. At uh, I think he was 14 or 15, and I was one year younger. Uh, we kind of just were on the same team from then until high school ended, so our 18-year-old summer, and then uh, we got another chance to play together in the Yankees organization for two two or three more years. So. Uh, he's always been a great friend, and, and when I found out the chance that you know there was a chance for me to come here, and you know, and Dietrich, that just helped everything uh, kind of settle in and, and ask his his experiences as a first year player, and, and knowing he was coming back, and I was going to have someone that I knew that I could lean on immediately. Mm. Now, you guys are really good friends. He just had a baby, yes. so you're obviously either the name. Your namesake or Poppy? <laughs> yeah, the baby's name is Poppy. A little girl. Yes. Um, do you give it any name from you or are you, no, no, you are no, the no. godparent or no, something like no, that? No, no. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be the, the fun, a fun Uncle Mark when they get into town next week. So <laughs> I'm looking forward to meeting her and seeing Julianne again. And uh, you know they got a Dietrich's a great person. They got a great family. So I'm, I'm happy that they're gonna get a chance to come back out here. All right, excellent. Now, it has been a tough season for your team as far as the standings, but specifically, what are you seeing from some of these young and some of these unproven players as you've gone through the season? They're, they're good players. They're young. They're, they're gaining experience and, and something that, I mean, they, we don't give up. This team doesn't give up. And, uh, you know, they believe in themselves. And, they, you know, we're cutting the mistakes down as the year's gone on. And, uh you know, looking forward to the rest of the season. We're we're not too far out of this thing. There's been some crazy things that happened in the game. Uh, you know, so we're gonna keep fighting until uh, until the end of this. Yeah, I wouldn't expect anything less. Even you know, I always I talked to players as I told you before we started recording since 1995, and not one player has ever told me, well, you know, I'm, I got my my bags packed and. No, <laughs> no we want to make. Home. You know, I including myself. I want to get to the playoffs. I think playoff baseball is the best and. Uh, 
you know, every every regular season game feels like a playoff game with the fans and the chanting and the, the energy from the dugouts. And uh, it's been a joy to, to be a part of this and, and, and actually a blessing to play out here. Now, I did notice you talking about being with the Yankees, that you were drafted like 100 times. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah I got to be close to setting a record. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me about that. I mean, what went through that whole process for you? Was school that important? or did you School just... was uh, important. So I, I got taken as a senior in high school. Uh, just kind of like a flyer pick. Maybe we can save some money. Uh, they knew I wanted to go to college. And, uh, you know, my junior year, you know, I loved my experience at Texas. Uh, getting to play for Augie Greedo and, and his staff. And, uh, you know, very fortunate. And, you know, my junior season, we kind of had a down year a little bit. And I felt like, you know, I wanted to give the program everything I had and a, a chance to put Texas back where it belonged on a national stage. And uh, me and one other guy that got drafted both as juniors decided to go back as a senior. And uh, we both got rewarded with a trip back to Omaha, which was uh, – made it all you know much more worth it but i think even if we didn't make it back to omaha would uh it still would have been worth it and the, the relationships and friendships i have from from those four years and uh being able to go back to the university now with uh a pretty good reputation is you know means a lot to me excellent excellent now oryx looks like the class of the league right now uh, you know the buffs are the reigning champs as well but every team is a challenge it seems in this league so who stands out from the Oryx team in particular? I mean, their pitching is uh, is top-notch between Yamamoto and Yamashita and, you know, their back-end bullpen, you know, Utagawa and Yamazaki and, and Hirano. It's a, it's an impressive staff, and, and there's not really, you know, a weak spot in their offensive lineup either. They put together quality at-bats, one through nine, and they move runners. They seem to get some good two-out hits with guys in scoring position, and, and I think that that's what makes a good team. Um, you know, they're fun to play against. They're a great team, and, you know, it's always a challenge when uh, they come into town. Yeah, I know that. Now, uh, last question. You've been around a lot of coaches and managers, but your manager played in the in the big leagues for a little while, so Absolutely. how's the communication with him? It's, it's awesome. I mean, knowing he, he went through the same thing we're going through over here, kind of, you know, on a flip script is uh, – it's really nice for a first-year foreigner to have a manager like that because he understands what it, you know things we're going through. He went through as a first-year guy in the state, so uh, you know confidence level stuff, routine stuff, understanding how American baseball gets ready for a game compared to how Japanese culture gets ready for a game, um, how spring training is ran, just little things that was gonna you know was hopefully gonna help our body stay healthy all year. Um, you know, and also just mentality things, you know, and how lonely it could be over here for a foreigner, uh, how lonely it was for him in America sometimes, and, you know, things that, it, you know, you can do to get through it and uh, to fight through it and continue to have a good attitude and, and play out a full season. Yeah, yeah, I think he's part of the growing uh, that's going on here in Sabre in this season, but, uh, you know, it's really... I've always told guys, losing is learning sometimes, and uh, they're hard, harder lessons than others, but you darn sure remember them. Right, absolutely. <laughs> no, absolutely. Absolutely. All right, much appreciated. Thank yeah, you for the time no, today. Thanks for having me. All right, so Poppy's Uncle Mark. Not bad for a wingman. <laughs> <laughs> wow, uh, that word brings up memories. <laughs> all right, so what uh, what stood out for you in this one? Oh, a, a couple of things. Uh, I guess... The expression, I never wanted to sit out, and I never wanted to play hurt. 
because yeah well those two things kind of go together if you're never going to sit out you're probably going to be playing hurt <laughs> well i know what he said i know what he meant by want to that's not the yeah. plan yeah, yeah exactly yeah, but... so things the things have not gone according to plan but i i just you know I, i'm just being picky but yeah i absolutely get that i think the probably the the two most interesting things i heard was uh him at talking about other players and this is as because i'm a writer one of my favorite themes talking to anybody anybody who's had any success at all is what would you have done differently you know what did you, is is to to paraphrase earl weaver the former orioles manager what did you learn after you knew everything <laughs> i like that so so i thought that was so he he said you know what i you know i talked to people and what and find out what they wished they would have changed and i thought i had to listen to it again because i wondered at first i thought what would they have changed about japanese baseball we know that's that can be a, a long laundry list of complaints sure. but uh usually you know once you get to the the point where people are being successful here that's usually not an issue because it's it's more like what can we change and still be ourselves so that was interesting uh, i thought your so your question you know there's no quit in them uh that not one player has ever told me i've got my bags packed well i, I know what you're saying and you never you do hear that but you never hear it before the very end of september at the earliest <laughs> Oh yeah, I hear, I hear it. I hear it in the Japan series every single day. <laughs> but my point was, I wasn't, I wasn't saying it. It wasn't true in that the bags are packed and they are ready to go. They just never tell us that. <laughs> oh, by the time the Japan series comes, there's guys going. This thing should end in five games because I got my tickets. <laughs> yeah, that that too. Yeah, but again, they don't tell us that. You know, oh, they don't, you I've know. heard. Like I said, I've heard. I've heard lots of guys say that. So I, I don't know. They don't. They don't maybe say it uh, on in interviews on, on the record. Right. right. They don't say it on the record, but they sure say. It. Oh yes. Yeah. Okay. We know. Yes. Okay. That was that was my last thing, and and the final thing is um, asked about Kazuo Matsui, and I really liked the one line about he understands how lonely it is that yeah. the whole line of my manager is empathetic you hear it sometimes but that was that was one of the best a uh, little you know we get all as you know I, I went on and on about it last time with Takahiro Ryan Matt Davidson uh but yeah I thought that was that was another little nugget there mm -hmm. I mean they they all do they all understand it um but his uh it was a good question it was a good answer yeah yeah i i, I did like that that was i mean you, you said nugget it kind of it, it shown out as well to me i'm like oh yeah yeah that loneliness and you start you start to think about a player you just imagine you know in a hotel room by himself in a country he doesn't know the language that well uh not that many friends i mean you know even in a situation where there's a, a number of foreigners on these teams here in japan sometimes the pitchers hang out with the pitchers or you know the position players are not with 
they, they have a, they have their own room sometimes and it's just, it can be lonely. It really can be lonely, but we don't think about that aspect so much. So yeah, I thought that was a nugget, but I, I actually loved him talking about staying in college and, and winning mm. and playing in the, in the college world series at Omaha. And that's a lot of the human side. And, you know, we look at, we like to look at the numbers. We like to reduce all these guys to just, you know, how many home runs did you hit? What's your average? And, how many runs did you knock in and all that stuff? And I thought, you know, a guy just saying, look, I'm going to commit to playing and being with my teammates and trying to get to the goal, even when I'm not making money here. You know, I could become a professional and I could change my life in, in that respect. And and I'm going to stay here in college and, and, and work with my guys. And and I thought that was really I, mean, I just loved hearing him talking about that. And I also like the fact that he said he watched all the games, even though he couldn't play with the Lions here when he joined them, that he was watching. And, you know, I guess it's something I've never done is sit next to a former player and have them explain what they see when you watch a game. I've sat like an entire game, like I've sat and heard some comments here and there from former players. And we have scouts who used to come to Tokyo Dome right when we were covering games back in the day and they'd sit and say oh that guy's that guy's uh, late on the fastball every time or but sit for a whole game and watch them and and hear what they say I would love to do that and you know when Mark said he he's watching the games you hit you hear him ring off or run off all the names of the not all of them but the the names of a Buffalo pitchers mm. Buffalo's pitchers he hasn't really faced that much but he rattled off like a lot of names and you know that he has seen them and not just in the film going over, you know, who throws what and all these other things. I was surprised that he mentioned Yuki Udagawa up with, you know, Shunpeita, Yamashita and Yamamoto, uh, Yoshinobu Yamamoto. I, I don't think I'd put him up there yet. Uh, he has to build up more of a resume, but uh, yeah, he did mention uh, Yoshihisa Hirano and Soichiro Yamazaki. And then you throw in Hiroyo Miyagi and Daiki Tajima, who just came back from injury, and Kohei Azuma has been pitching okay for them. I, I, I guess I see what he's talking about. You know, the, the Buffaloes do. I mean, more so than we realize. I think they're really loaded. And for him to mention those things, I thought was was pretty awesome. But yeah, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty fun. I did talk to Dietrich Enns too, and he has a glove. It, it has his daughter's name on it. It's pink. It says Poppy on the side there so he and his family was coming in I, I think you heard mark reference it that they were going to be in next week so i think they came in this past week and so his daughter and wife so um yeah th that part of the the family aspect of of Cebu land is is good and the thumbs are up on that aspect it's just that they're having a bad season wins wise and uh that that well, happens too <laughs> yeah well there's only six teams and three of them gotta finish out of the playoffs i mean it's just the math so you got it. Yeah. So speaking of that, let's make a, a seamless transition and talk about the league races and and talk about those Buffaloes. It seems like, you know, that we joked about it last week, but uh, neither of the second place teams really seem to be a credible challenger, not to the level we've seen in past years. So it looks like Orcs is going to run away and hide with this thing. But, you know, we had a couple of close wins for the Eagles over Cebu earlier in the week, including that crazy game in which both closers, I don't know if you saw that, I think it was Wednesday's game, both closers got bruised up pretty good. And uh, Tatsushi Masuda ends up uh, blowing the game and taking the most punishment uh, <laughs> and probably with not even any defensive wounds. He just got 
<laughs> I think uh, he did. He did throw Hasamura hits a walk off three home right. three run home run, uh, a no doubt shot, and that was right after uh, the Lions had taken the lead. So it was it was pretty. I mean, this game is it doesn't. Again, we're talking about a fourth place team and a last place team, basically. And uh, but the Eagles had been on this run here late in August, coming into mm-hmm. September. So they're kind of making that push, and they're only as we sit here on Sunday morning, they're only two games out of that that third and final playoff spot. So it was a big game for them. But these are the things I I like to see these games where they all matter, and even with the Oryx Buffaloes playing, what would you call these games for them? They're they're like let's hold it steady games. You know, we got it. Yeah, it's a it's do your best, but don't get hurt games. Yes, yeah. It's just uh, we'll play some younger guys. We'll give some guys. Uh, enough time oh, to get to stay sharp, but we don't want you getting hurt. Well, one doesn't get that vibe from the games. I mean, these are really good games. I, two of the orcs games this past week were just tremendous. I yes. mean, and and they will actually, yeah, they got their they got their um, they got corralled on <laughs> on Friday, but Thursday and Thursday and Saturday were jam. I mean, we're just just two of my favorite games this year. Yeah, so uh no no quit in them and you know but getting lots of guys to play and yeah i i I don't know i don't sense any i don't sense any sort of let up in in either of these teams that are leading their leagues um yeah agreed i i'm i'm thinking i'm looking at oryx and i'm again not saying that they're putting it in this cruise control in terms of what the players are doing but i think the the bench and and the brass figure out okay look we've got to keep guys sharp but we, we don't want to expose them to injury too much and we got we we don't we have this magic number but we want to finish it out but we don't want to win too early either and so the lineups look to me like they're, they're putting in guys who like why is that guy playing yeah today? well yeah yeah <laughs> defensive i guess especially with defensive replacements and guys coming off the bench in games that are not are are still in doubt mm-hmm I think that's that's maybe more of that's that might be the thing. And the Marines, I mean, Mote has had its moments, uh, I guess, until we see Oki Sasaki. And I've, I've just been thinking they've been doing a really good job of of winning games and staying in games with their pitching without Sasaki. And mm-hmm. I haven't really seen much news about him. But uh, until he gets back out there, I don't think there's a great expectation every night that they go out that they have the, the advantage uh no. to win the games but they're they're winning games they're staying in them they're keeping them close and and you know gregory polanco hitting some bombs helps all the time uh yeah and now if know. they if they if they ever had runners on base you know they could be dangerous <laughs> i mean he was the last week he had the you know three so three solo jacks and if they, they they lost what eight to four or something Thanks. Yeah, something to three. They were some eight to five or something like that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It was so, uh, unfortunate, but th- I think they've been again. They they're doing a good enough job. They're in second place. I think they have a solid hold on second place because the Hawks have just been. They came out of free fall mode and they they just went into stagger mode. They they win a game, lose a game, win a game, lose a game. Look good one night, look look like a team that shouldn't be near the playoffs the next and. Yeah, the Hawks. The Hawks. Uh, I, you know, the Haw- I guess the the microcosm of the Hawks season 
is Shutish Kawa throws a no-hitter against the Cebu Lions against Kaimataira. Mm-hmm. And uh, what they beat them nine nothing. And then the next time those two face up a week later, the Hawks get beat six nothing. <laughs> and he doesn't look good at all. No, no. And he, you know, it's it's exactly I guess what I called it the shoes on the other foot game. <laughs> so yeah, that that's a problem. And that's and you know, again, I like these games in September here, although as I say, all every year. This, the schedule is going to get a little bit choppy, although it's not going to do that for a couple of weeks. But then there are going to be rainouts and there will be days off in the middle of the week or times when there should be some games that there won't be. Yeah. And that'll give teams a little bit of time to put better pitchers out there or what they, you know, get better matchups or yeah. get and it's matchups always, they desire. And it's always the case because, and you know, in the late great Wayne Grassic complained about this. Well, one of the things he complained about on, a, on an annual basis, like, you know, making making him just like the rest of us. Well, just, yeah, uh, just yeah, like I do yeah. every February. Exactly. <laughs> well said. Uh, and I do every morning. Uh, <laughs> you know, he used to say, you know, they think they could fix the schedule. So every year we're not watching. The story isn't, wow, can the... You know, how awful is this watching the, the Yomiuri Giants with a lead and watching it evaporate before our eyes because they can't play in any games mm. <laughs> or or watching them, you know, basically s- sitting out of the pennant race and getting farther away. Right. You know, either either way, you know, because they they used to be the Pacific, the Central League team in a dome. And now most of the Pacific PL teams are covered. So that's really a, a central league thing is the rainouts, particularly in the in the Hiroshima and, and uh, Koshien. So, right. Well, speaking of the central league, let's get over to that side, too. Now, the Bay Stars, I think they had two clutch games at Koshien early in the week. And uh, with Hanshin finally falling back a little bit after that r- supposed road trip of death, which turned out to be uh, death to the rest of the CL. Because they, yeah. <laughs> they took care of business in Yokohama. They won in Tokyo here. They they just tore it up. So, uh, but I think we had, what did we have? Back-to-back homers uh, uh, by Keita Sano and then a go-ahead blast from Maki mm-hmm. in the ninth inning on Tuesday. And it magically turned this loss that the, the Bay Stars were headed for into a, a W. And then, you know, the next day it's uh, Maki hits a three-run shot and, uh, by the way, it was his 24th home run, so I guess he's among he's among the league leaders now in home runs. So he has a chance. Well, I, I should say among the league leaders, he's been up there. He's not going to pass Kazuma o- Okamoto, I don't think. No, but he's up there. So now all of a sudden, his season looks like MVP, which I think I was saying at the halfway mark that I really like what he was doing, and uh, he's definitely a, a, an MVP candidate in my mind. Um, but now he's going to have the sexy numbers to match. And I think it's going to make the <laughs> the voters as they do just, you know, they're mesmerized by home runs and RBIs and that kind of thing. But I, I just, I really like Shugo Maki. I, 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 when he was a rookie and I thought, well, he's kind of, he's not what I would think as the typical or the, he, he doesn't have the body type that looks like a, a, a typical second baseman, but he's out there. He's playing good defense. 
they I, I guess they tried to figure out exactly where to put him to, to most efficiently use him defensively. But throw all that stuff out. The kid has always been uh, a batter who has never had trouble handling pitching at this level. And to see him really kind of blossom like he is in a period when they really need him. And he's another uh, World Baseball Classic guy who was on the team, helped him uh, contributed a little bit to their Mm -hmm. win and uh, has played the whole season, been very steady. I just really like what I've been seeing from him. And I can't believe, you know, so many teams passed up on him and uh, that he wasn't a higher draft pick because he really has is shown that he's one of the better players in the league but you know it doesn't all your measurables and your metrics and all those things don't always work out when you you look at a guy who physically just does not look the part but well i mean if you look at him and and teraki sato who were both rookies that year yes you know one of the one of these guys looks like an athlete <laughs> yes. and the other one looks like a ball player <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, they both are. They both are ball players, but uh Sato looks the part and I don't know and of course I'm going to make an uh, allusion to an American television show that I was not in America to see, but and I I think I I said this to Jason Coskery a couple of weeks ago when we ran into each other that Shugo Maki is Japanese baseball's Chris Farley. Hashtag high <laughs> Because he's got this, he's got, yeah. he's, I'll tell you, if if NPB ever decides they need a tiebreaker, and instead of using the Manford man on second base, they go to a dance-off, the base stars are set because of Shugo Maki cuz he's got if you see him this is where we got this because we were watching the base stars warm up one and he's he beat somebody in one of the little sprints and he's doing his he's doing his dance off his celebration oh, he's gosh. pretty he's pretty good actually wow he's pretty tight. he's got some good moves and it's, it's Farley, and, and because he's got that that his, he's got the face of a potato and, <laughs> and kind of a you know pasty complexion and he looks like he's got are we, some extra are we praising them the guy here or yeah, what no but but it's just as i said he doesn't look like a ball player doesn't look like a second no, baseman right. but the guy is physically really talented yes and uh he's got he's got a lot more going than first meets the eye yeah and he you know again he had some clutch hits there in 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 this past week but he has done this all season long so uh for me yeah he's a guy i have very high on my mvp standings let's put Mm -hmm. it that way um now the again uh, the race here not really for hanshi's pretty much running away with this although it's fairly close but just assuming that the tigers their magic number right now is 17 that they just whittle away at this thing i don't think uh hiroshima has been as consistent as we would have expected given that first half of the season but you know it's hard to win in this this league these teams are are closer like i said the the dragons bad record not a bad team and they mm. give teams problems you know they keep they keep the games close for the most part and you have to beat them you know you have to score runs and they don't they're stingy with the runs but the Giants are still there. Uh, we, I guess I was joking that uh, 
uh, about them being teetering on the edge, but they they had a tough week uh, coming, and they played well. They've even gotten uh, they've even kicked some life into Hisayoshi Chono and and made him look like a ball player again. This guy, I mean. You know, they gave up on him, sent him to Hiroshima. Hiroshima they did not gave... give up on him. They uh carp well, they didn't they didn't protect him, you know, because of his they you know, the giant what the Giants do when they get free sorry, when the Giants have a free agent compensation issue, they usually leave their big ticket guys unprotected. Some big ticket guys. Yeah. Well they did yeah. with the Kimiyasa Kudo and he he left and uh Tetsuya Utsumi. Yeah, the left-handed reliever. The, yes. the, their former ace. He he went he went in the free agent compensation, and he Yoshi Jonah, the Hilo went free on. So veteran guys past their prime. With yeah, well, the reason I contracts. Say, yeah, I phrased it and give up on him. It's because he wasn't doing much at the time. No. They weren't using him. No, uh, as a as a regular. So that's what right. I meant. So, so yeah. they 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 let him uh, wander off. So yeah, but then I think yeah he he he, I mean Hiroshima really wasn't that interested in keeping him either. No, Uh, so he's back in in Giants Land, and he really wasn't doing much around Giants Land either until recently. So uh, so it's weird. The whole team is weird, but they're not out of it yet. And I think we'll see some some interesting, (laughs) compelling baseball down the stretch. I think as long as the Giants as as long as Hayato Saka. Sakamoto is healthy enough to play the field and hit. The Giants are going to be in it because he's to me he's sort of the missing piece of that team. When he's gone, it's not like they had, don't have guys who can play, but I think they depend on him to be there. Sure. And so, and he he's missed a missed about uh, 30, 40 percent of the season. So that's been a big problem. Uh, but yeah, the pitching has been up and down. Uh, especially Sh- uh, Shosei Togo, just he just gotten his uh, he got his rear end. Uh, well, they they certainly pointed out where it was and gave it a good kick the last couple of games. <laughs> so, you know, was, he was uh, three weeks ago. We were going, wow, he's going to be the first pitcher to thirteen wins, and I think he's still looking for number 12, 11 or twelve now. So, yeah, yeah, and those things happen. And again, I, I mean. The teams above them in the standings, they the, the Giants don't seem to be doing very well against, but the teams below them, they they seem to own. So again, it's it's just it's very competitive, and and that's yes, yeah, we've seen that, and that's what I expect down the stretch in this this push for the playoff teams. I, I like I said, I think I said last week, I expected to finish play out the way it is now that the teams that the top three here, we've got Hanshin running away with it in the in the top spot, and then. The carp and then the base stars. I'm just not sure that the base stars have enough. Although I, I don't know that they have enough to overcome the carp, but I just really love this team, especially when you get to a playoff situation. I, I think the base stars might have the advantage. Yeah, they had. I think they went through. Well, they went through a thing the second half of August because for 11 days they were missing Toshiro Miyazaki, who was really their engine mm-hmm. in the first half of the season. It was uh, him and Shugo Maki and. Uh, but he had he was gone for eleven days, and they didn't know how long he was going to be out. But he's back, and Taiki Sekine had a huge game the other day uh, in the leadoff spot, and he was a he was a 
became the invisible man about the middle of the season as i said he, <laughs> yes. he said he said well that was me i wasn't making adjustments and i wasn't uh i, I wasn't making the adjustments i needed to make i wasn't fast enough on that but i'm getting there so yeah i think that's the thing uh for them and now they're getting they got a big pitching performance from uh she uh, also uh shoti managa had a couple of rough starts and he had rough starts as in he had two games where he absolutely got blistered in the mm -hmm. first inning and then he can't you know he he had then he you know retire 18 of the next 19 hitters Right. And he did it again, and he said, "No, no, I'm not getting there. I'm not getting there. I'm still messed up, man." And then he proved that by getting beat up all the way in the game, and then he came back. So uh, he's he's been having that. But then on the other hand, they've had the the remarkable season from Katsuki Azuma, who's one of the two pitchers I think that nobody really that not I won't say nobody notices, but they've been kind of hiding. Mm. Uh, in this year in Japanese baseball, and the other guy is Atsuki Taniichi. Yes, yeah. Who's the Pacific League strikeout leader? Is going to end. Marines, yeah, yeah. He's going to probably end uh, Yoshinobu Yamamoto's string of consecutive seasons leading the league in strikeouts. Right. Yeah, hiding is right. Yeah, we we haven't even talked about Taniichi that much, and and I really like him. But but yeah, that's you know we're looking forward to how that plays out. Let's. Uh, make a four seam transition and do our power track segment. Mm -hmm. So I had no clue what team was doing that well, other than as the aforementioned Tigers. And so I just went straight to the numbers because I'm like, what is going on here? And we all know the Tigers had this great August. Uh, we talked about road trip of death and blah, blah, blah. They ransacked the league. They went 18 and seven <laughs> in the month. And Buffalo's had a good month as well. They were 16 and seven. I didn't know what to do with my third team, and I'm still confused even as I'm looking at the numbers. And I shouldn't say confused. It's just that there are a, a number of teams that are close in that respect. But uh, number three, should I just – I mean, no, I'm not going to say Nippon Ham. I'm not, they, had, they had 14 wins. <laughs> just pointing at me saying yes say yes say it they had 14 wins they they lost 11 games but i i, I don't know I, just, I still was not impressed i just was not impressed but yes that is that that is a team that did well so i suppose they should fit in slot into number three what about you i would have them yes i mean they they were not outliers you know we had five teams that were really outliers in august and uh, the the first two you mentioned, the fighters were the closest to being an outlier who weren't. They were the farthest away from the middle of the field in in my mind in in NPB. So yeah, the I had the Tigers first and Oryx second, uh, really close, and then the fighters some gap. But and I, and I picked the fighters not because they were great, but because they were definitely a step ahead of average. Right in NPB, and at the bottom of bottom we have the the three Stooges. Yeah, the song remains the same for a couple of them, but um, I don't know. I'm, I'm 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 I think I don't think you have this team down there, but I am because they just look awful. And so the three Stooges you have are okay. Number ten, Yakult Swallows. Yes. Number eleven, Cebu Lions. 
Yes. And number 12, Chinichi Dragons. Yeah, I, those are the three stooges, and they're obvious. But I'm going to give honorable mention or dishonorable mention to the SoftBank Hawks. Yeah. Because they just, that with the perceived talent, with the perceived team, and I know that we, a lot of us picked them to win the Pacific League at the beginning of the season in our prediction Because special. one does. And they do have, but they have not paraded out the top pitching performers that they could uh, some guys are injured and some guys have been inefficient or haven't been as productive or haven't been as effective however that does not have anything to do with their offense and their defense and that's where they just have been bumbling uh particularly on the defensive side i've seen them make throws to the wrong bases and allow guys to move up i've seen catchers not being able to catch balls that at least block them um that, that were really not that difficult and then i i've seen them not make plays and then um they just can't figure out things on offense they have two guys kensuke kondo who's having a career year uh for them and it shouldn't be should be in the mvp discussion and then yuki yanagita yanagita who annually is an all-star a perennial all-star candidate and then after that, there's just a huge drop-off of a bunch of guys who are just out there struggling. Even Akira Nakamura, who has really been a clutch performer. Who had a good, a who's time. had a, well, he's been actually struggling for a few, for the last three years now, but but, he's a, uh, yeah. but he had this first half season that was really good um, for him. It was much better. And uh, Taisei Makihara, who had that remarkable season last year after us, yeah. you know, who was hurt and came back and then it was like okay let's see if he the whole season i was well let's see if he can do this in 200 plate appearances okay let's see if he can do it in 300 right <laughs> and he just kept doing that at the beginning of the season he's finally sort of gone back to the the league's kind of realized oh he's still makihara we can still we see still got holes we can attack but no the the hawks the vibe i get from the hawks is we're uh I go back to Saturday Night Live. They're Eddie Murphy. Pressure. I'm going to be done it. No, but they they come out and they say like we're the Hawks. We should we should be winning, and we're not. So you guys, you opponents, you guys get it right. <laughs> yeah, because they don't seem to have that clue. They don't seem to have that we're here to beat you. It's you should sort of pay homage to us kind of vibe. Uh, when they win, it seems it doesn't seem ordinary anymore. It seems like, wow, that was closer than it needed to be. Or, you know, they have some miracle Indeed. run scored or something, you know, not like Lotte getting a two base pass ball or something to have their, yeah. their speech to come around and score and win a game. Not that nothing miraculous like that, but still, yeah. No, so having, I know having, uh, Ukyo Shuto the other day thrown out at home plate on a on a squeeze bunt because he kind of forgot to take it. He forgot to get a good jump off of third base when nobody was holding him on. on. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's like, what is this? You know, this guy is is so good, but he was caught napping. It's sort of yeah. like the pitch took him by surprise. And it says, Oh, the bunt's down. Hold on, I better go to home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's what I mean by they're just yeah. not sharp offensively, and no. I, I said bumbling, but that that's part of it, just not being sharp with the details, and that's not what we come to to yeah, know. Yeah, it makes me wonder. Uh, well, it doesn't make me wonder because three year contracts are the norm, but I'm guessing Hiroshi Fujimoto, who uh, something I, I Manager, forgot yeah. to yeah 
I forgot to mention in the Mark Payton's uh, comments about Kazuo Matsui, I saw somewhere in the U.S. media that somebody said that it helps to have a, the New York Mets on your resume to be a manager in Japan mm-hmm. because we've got five former we've got five former MLB players uh, managing in Japan. They all played for the Mets, and those are. Oh, make me do this again. Okay. The easy one is Shingo Takatsu because he's the only MLB manager in the central, former MLB player in the Central League. And the rest are Tsuyoshi Shinjo, Kazuhisa Ishii, mm-hmm. Masato Yoshi, and Kazuo Matsui. Gotcha. And well, then the PL had one guy who, who coached for the San Diego Padres in the minors. So that's that. Yeah. You know my philosophy on Ed's teams no Nets, no Jets. And no Mets. Anyway. I did not know that. <laughs> oh, yeah. We'll talk about that one day. Uh, uh, let's move we along. We don't have to. <laughs> we don't have to. Okay. Let's move along, make a two-seam transition, and talk about the top performers of August. And I have to be honest, I, I just thought Kazuma Okamoto stood out early on, but then he just cooled off. And after that, it got really murky. And um, I I thought of Yuki Okabayashi because he had this 29-game hitting streak and... Uh, he hit. He had a bunch of hits, but he hit leadoff, so he didn't really actually. He had a bunch of at bats, but didn't really actually do that much. And then I opened. Well, I mean, do that much in terms of making the huge impression on the voters and by getting and hitting four hundred because because and, he bats after the pitcher. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. Uh, so he didn't put up the sexy numbers. Let's put it that way. But he right. obviously did much uh, a lot. Uh, but it's it's Hugo Maki of DNA. When I opened up the. And looked at the numbers. He hits 362. He had seven home runs. He had an OPS of 1,045 with a 667 slugging. So I thought he was the guy. What did you see? I think Okamoto. You know, we were saying, oh, geez, he won it in the first week of the of the month, and I think he did. Uh, I still think he held on, and he had the he had the best numbers, had the best uh, month. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't like all pretty inconsistent, but he was uh second in runs scored with 19 he was first in home runs was 12. with 12 yeah he was uh, second in rbis with 25 he led the league sale yeah. on slugging and ops ops yes uh maki was uh second in doubles third in home runs uh led the central league in rbis uh, Domingo, San- I'm going to throw two more names in there Domingo Santana had quite a good month for the occult swallows and Matt Davidson, who tied for second with Maki for home runs with nine. Those those guys were all in the in the conversation. But I think it was still Okamoto. Yeah, I think Okamoto probably wins it, but I, I, I think I would vote. And I don't mind that it's, it's the batting average. I think it's the 63-62. Yeah, they, that, could, that... they could easily go, wow. They could say, "Wait, we picked we picked that singles hitter. That we picked that singles hitter from the 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 old days last time. Let's go for the guy who hit three sixty five. Yeah. What about because pitcher in important. the What about pitcher in the Central League? Katsuki Azuma, hands down, no yep. questions asked. One point two four ERA, three and zero. You know, the only thing is that he didn't start five games and win four. You know, win four of them. <laughs> He made up for that yesterday, but yeah, yesterday a, a very nice effort and, and another victory. Um, I loved what Trevor Bauer did. Uh, he did lose a game, but I don't think it was his fault necessarily. Uh, he just they just didn't score runs that day. Uh, he could have easily won it and been four and zero. He had a one six seven ERA. He threw a lot of innings, forty three. That was the most, I believe, of the month. Um, 
so I, I I have him in my book. It's Trevor Bauer, and uh, I, I like the three and zero record from uh, uh, Azuma. I think he's going to win it just because the the voters love the three and zero. But I, for me, it was Trevor Bauer. Yeah, but I don't put him. Well, hold on a second. Hold on. I, let, let me evaluate that a little bit. Um, well, yeah, I mean, he did start six games, and I, I, I think you've got to give credit for that. And he struck out 35 batters in 43 innings. Uh, he was, he wasn't, you know, he, he also had a, he also had a bad game, and Ozuna uh, didn't have any bad games. And yeah. Something to be said for that. So I would still pick Ozuna, but if the, if, if, uh, yeah, our, um, if that guy, if they picked him, you know, it wouldn't be the dumbest thing in the world. But okay. also, but uh, yeah, 43 innings is is probably his biggest claim is 43 innings, I think, more than sure. more than anything else. And the ERA, it's, yeah. It's a, it's, the ERA of 1.67. Okay. Yeah, but there's like four guys who are better than him. So yeah, I, I, really... well, I mean, you know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Nagita, you, you, yeah, Nagita, the Dragons have had a better ERA and so did Hiroto Takahashi. That, that doesn't mean anything, but that they didn't give up a lot of runs and they probably had favorable situations like Takahashi pitching at home, Yanagita pitching at home and throwing that nine inning no hitter that wasn't. But anyway, I, as an aside, uh, Bauer injured his right hip and was deactivated with no projected timetable for returning yeah, for himself. Yeah, and, Dice Game Miro says it's going to probably take a while. Yeah, that's not good. Um, and, you know, not only that he was doing so well, it's just that they need him to make that push if they're going to try to fight off the you know, the Giants and 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 maybe move up uh, above the carp and get that home playoff series uh, in the in the climax series at home. So, uh, yeah, big deal over there. But uh, what about in the Pacific League for pitcher? Oh, same deal. This for me, there's really no doubt. There's no doubt about it. Yama, Yoshinobu Yamamoto, he did lose a game. Yeah, how do you do that? He had a zero ERA. Yeah, well, he allowed three. He allowed three runs. That's how. No, no. I mean, yeah, we know how it's done. The mechanics of how it's done, but you know what's going on here, people. It happens. (laughs) Yeah, the the Buffalo's offense has generally been good, but they haven't been, as I discussed last week, uh, they haven't been Hiroshima Carp, and you know, just getting a run on the on the board every game. So. Yeah, that's how it happens. Yeah, understood. Oh. But yeah, but just a remarkable, a remarkable month from him. So, all right. What about? Uh, yeah, you have no uh, argument for me. What about position player? I, I have really a, another guy with no argument is Kensuke Kondo. <laughs> yes, think three sixty-five, yeah. seven home runs. I think his is high in home runs. I'll look it up as we speak. I, I won't try to remember it because i'll i'm sure i'll remember what was he before this year i think he was 12 or 13 somewhere around there just above 10 and he has 21 at least now and i yeah he hit seven seven in august yes and so (laughs) a guy like that hits seven in august you're like what is going on here yeah i thought i thought at the beginning of the month when he hurt his uh hurt his knee making a throw in the outfield i thought okay kondo is really back yeah, there it is. There it's it normal is. back to normal, but I'll tell you, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I, I might be the biggest American fan of Kensuke Kondo on this podcast. 
<laughs> I was going to think, I know this Canadian, uh, this young Canadian, this Canadian teenager who's probably the biggest Canadian fan of Kensuke Kondo, but I'm just, I just think he's he's the greatest. And watching him play the outfield, first in the WBC, and so on. This is the guy they were going to try to hide in the outfield. You know, he was going to be the the weak outfielder on this on the Japan's WBC team, and he was he was anything but a weak link. I mean, yeah, okay, his range. If he has to run a long way, uh, he probably won't get to it because he just doesn't have the foot speed. Sure, but he's quick. He, he and he's again a guy who doesn't look like. You know, he looks like his the position he was when he was drafted. He looks like a catcher. A catcher, yes. But he made a play in center field uh, in a remarkable, remarkable game on Thursday night, which Tsuyoshi uh, uh, Wada and Hiroya Miyagi play pitched uh, each through uh, seven scoreless innings. Absolutely beautiful game, and uh, it was a scoreless game. Because of Kensuke Kondo. Yeah. His and his, pre- his previous home run high came in 2021. He hit 11, which I remember the number, but I just wanted to be sure. Okay. Didn't want to give out bad information again. That's uh, my job. <laughs> Don't take my, you know, put me out of a job, man. All right. But yeah, spectacular. And he's in the midst of this great season on a team that has just been inconsistent. So, uh, but he has been fun to watch and, and, Yuma Tongu probably gets honorable mention, and he has yeah. been steady, too. He's the batting leader right now in the Pacific League, although he's, he's getting some challenge and uh, or being challenged. And uh, <laughs> he uh, hit 322, had four home runs. And that probably in a in a normal situation, I, you know, he only knocked in 12 runs. But the 322 in a normal situation probably wouldn't get him very much of a look. But really, mm. nobody else has stood out. Keita Nagagawa of of Oryx has his teammate, but uh, but not enough. I don't know if nobody stood out, but nobody, but nobody stood out like Kensuke Kondo. I mean, right. uh, Gregory Polanco had a tremendous month, uh, nineteen RBIs, which was uh, second yes. uh, with uh, tied with Kondo, and also he hit uh, he had a bunch of home runs. He really it hit home eight home runs, which led the PL. But no, I mean. No, I mean Kondo had the four four sixty five on base percentage, seven twenty nine slugging, which was both the best. Led the league in walks, led the league in batting average. Oh, I mean, well, what can you do? He he was uh, tied for the league. I guess the the biggest surprise was that he was tied for the league in doubles and walks mm. with Kotaro Kiyomiya. Wow. Wow, I know exactly. Wow, it's the <laughs> so, walks. You would expect uh, Kiyomiya to have doubles and hit for you know slug the ball a little bit, but the walks. But yes, that, yeah. That is well, a I mean, that was to me that was sort of the fun thing of this exercise. Going like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> okay, good for you. Go for it. All right, yeah. So we'll see who gets the awards, but uh, we're pretty pretty confident we're right in this one. Let's go to fielding questions. <laughs> All right. So continuing the awesome talking points that Michael from Scranton sent in to us a while back, actually now, and uh, a refresher, he was just asking about the uh, autograph culture in Japan and how that has worked and how it compares to the United States. And so we answered a couple of the questions last week and picking up 
Uh, Michael said it's sad that adults with backpacks, and this is stateside, uh, stuffed with binders, shoving kids out of the way to jump a line. And he wants to know if that happens in Japan. And he says, are there similar marketing deals that require hundreds of thousands of signatures from players? So, Jim. I wouldn't know. I mean, that was a thing I would ask people. I, I They do have autograph deals in some cases, but what uh, the nitty gritty of that and the contracts, the teams, uh, unlike unlike in, in America, the players have essentially no control over their image rights in Japan. So you're not going to see the big deals like you see in MLB. Yeah. And, I... and, and also kids getting pushed out of the way for autographs. That's not really, I, I'm sure it happens. I'm sure it happens because bad behavior is not is not a, a national trait. But Japan's uh, um, teaches people learn in school in Japan that causing trouble to others around you is a serious issue, and they they frown on it. Even if they do it themselves, they'll frown on it in others. Everybody knows that's you know there's. You don't get points for being the the person who's pushing their way through the crowd in Japan. Sure. Yeah. Uh, they have the phrase in the States, the squeaky wheel gets the oil. And I think in Japan, it's more like the squeaky wheel. We couldn't wheel. afford oil. We only got grease. Okay. <laughs> grease, oil, whatever you, whatever, you, whatever contraption you're riding and trying to lubricate there. But, but in Japan, it's the squeaky wheel gets replaced. <laughs> <laughs> so it's much different. And, you know, again, Jim and I don't really witness a lot of these things. And I can't speak for sure, but I have seen some of the autograph sessions and they're very calm and peaceful. And again, because the culture is different, because there's no huge uh, market per se for memorabilia, that it's not something that people are trying you know in a limited time to get a x number of uh signatures so that they can sell them so uh to make money so there's no need to push kids out of the way or or get kids uh you know force your way past children and everything and uh sometimes at the ballparks jim and i will we, we'll see players as they're walking in especially pitchers walking in from the outfield pre-game and they've done their workouts and uh, they'll sign some things. And, and even in, in those respects, I never see adults bogarting their way to the front and trying to get kids out of the way for. No, and it's pretty much uh, I'm trying to recall who it was I was speaking to. Who was the last interview I did? Oh, it was uh, Neftali Soto. Okay. So I was talking to Neftali Soto. And because we we got far away from the dugout in order to talk, and that meant going close to the field seats when the fans were in the seats, and that meant people were able to ask him for autographs before we spoke. And he and people lined up. Mm. You know, there wasn't a security guard telling them to line up. They just lined up and waited their turn. And then when they got to the end, he he was done. And uh I said sorry about that. That was my bad. But uh yeah, that's that is the thing. The the foreign the uh, import players generally will sign more or less. Uh some of the Japanese will sign, but I think there's a there's a culture here. Um the culture about it, and I don't know if I I was about going to mention this last time and we got caught in between questions, but some of the um one of the I've asked players who played in MLB 
about this culture of signing because sometimes you'll you'll see the Japanese guys who are very reticent about signing an NPB go to MLB and just eat it up. Mm. You know, it's like they just love that whole thing. I remember Masao Kita, you know, sort of like going, you know, when he was coming off the field at practice and going into that Tiger Stadium medieval dungeon tunnel to the clubhouse. Right. It was about <laughs> five feet tall. Uh, you know, he'd be going, I, I expected somebody to give him a bullhorn and say, anybody, I'm, there's nobody here left for me to sign for. Anybody want to come down? I'm here. Because oh, <laughs> that's, that's the kind of guy he was. He just, just dated up. But, and I asked, I might've asked him about it. He said, when Japanese players are on the farm, they sign like nobody's business. Because mm. he said, because they feel ashamed to be on the farm and that signing is sort of a way of making it up to the fans for them not contributing on the, on the major league team. Ah. Okay. So, but so then you see when the guys get on the major league team and especially the Hanshin Tigers, I don't mean to be mean, but they've got so many fans and they've got so many fans with loud voices, but I've always thought that the Hanshin Tigers have a tradition of I think they get punished if they come off the practice field and their shoes are dirty. Because as they walk into mm -hmm. the dugout, if you'll see them at Tokyo Dome, as they're walking towards the dugout, as soon as they get within close enough to make eye contact with the fans in the stands who are shouting at their name, they're always down checking their shoes to see that they're not uh, <laughs> scuffed or anything because they are looking, they're very intent at their shoe, the tops of their shoes as they walk in. I don't know what, what it is up with that, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. All right. In terms of Michael uh, signing deals that require hundreds of thousands of signatures, I suppose there's some of that as well. Uh, we're not privy to a lot of that. And I, I'm sure, you know, I have not seen that many memorabilia stores walking through Tokyo. Mm. Uh, and so I just I'm just not sure that's right. that much of a thing here as well. Uh, like I said, you, you're more likely to see if you go to restaurants, especially, quote unquote, sports oriented restaurants or sports bars, that there would just be some items that will be signed that are framed and hanging on a wall more sure. you're more likely to see that than to see a, a, a store that has sports memorabilia sure um yeah drinking drinking establishments like sure. uh, food food shops that <laughs> sell specialty food shops that sell one kind you know like a uh tempura or a yakisoba or whatever they'll have the signboards and if they're sumo wrestlers they'll have hand prints if the, but they'll have also if it you know tv celebrities and so on right talents they're called in japan why i don't know because right. <laughs> it's not always obvious yes that might be things that are something that's lacking but anyway we did get a, a couple of replies and i just went ahead and forwarded them to michael because they were pretty long but one of them was from npb card guy a long time Yay. listener and our friend dave and he said hey john it's not the great kazoo, it's the great gazoo, as uh, the reference I made last week on the show about uh, the uniforms of the... I always thought it was the great kazoo. Yeah, I thought it was too. I don't... And he sent a link and it had a 
which I tweeted out because it had a picture of the Great Gazoo, and it says the Great Gazoo, and it, it, there's a Wikipedia page and a little picture, and it, you know, I got the uniforms right, as, as you can hopefully see here. Oh, nice! And uh, they're all green, and I got that part right. But it I didn't says remember the Great that Gazoo, part. and I thought it was Kazoo too. So I told, I, I tweeted it out. I said, "Hey, Dave, on our." On our TV in the 70s with the rabbit ears, it was the great kazoo. <laughs> That's what we heard. Oh, so, and you thought so, too. I, I, Maybe I didn't watch as much. We have, no, I think our TV was also equally um, <laughs> weathered. <laughs> um, Experienced. <seasoned. laughs> Experienced. Was a, was a, it was a, about a 16-inch zenith and about a one-meter diagonal box with a with a a remote control that looked like it had been it came from the middle ages right the middle ages all right didn't really work one more question and then uh there's one more that we'll probably deal with next week because i think it's a it's a cultural question it's not really baseball oriented but i did want to talk about it but uh michael asked uh, have the prolonged covid rules there ended the practice since the league seems to disallow even reporters regularly interacting with players, much less fans. So yes, uh, I guess Jim joked about it early on, the most, uh, I guess, contagious people on the planet must be reporters because we didn't, we had less access than the fans had uh, during the COVID when they started to let uh, fans come back into the stadium. And, and you on notice, the field. And on the field. But remember, when I did the interview with Mark Payton, the Lions people asked me to keep my mask on, but Mark didn't have to have his on. So I didn't really understand that. That didn't, you know, if we both were asked to, to mask up, I would understand. But anyway, so, yeah, there it, it just there's not been a lot of unevenness. Let's put it that way. Let's call it. Yeah, bias, fans, but, uh, fans being on the field puts money in the in the in the cash boxes. And they're more important than we are. It's true. Uh, well, they don't we, need us to. No, well, I, I think what it is, to be honest, and I and I'll, I've of course I joke that the NPB has done far has been far more gracious towards the media than anybody, and more cautious about protecting our health, keeping us away from the players who keep getting COVID, and <laughs> you know, keeping us away from each other, and you know, keeping us at a distance and keeping us out of the ballparks and so on. They've, they've done, they've done their best to keep the reporters healthy, you know, and worried for our safety because, you know, the reason that at least three teams of uh, four teams, uh, four teams have told me that the reason we're not on the field is because of our safety doing the things that we used, we did in, re, in NPB covering games for 70 years mm-hmm have suddenly become unsafe. So they really turned up a notch in their concern for reporters' health <laughs> during the COVID. And so because of our health, we're no longer allowed to get close to players uh, because we we must they must value us more than they do their athletes. Hashtag high heat. But no, I, I seriously, I, I think it's this. Uh, during the pandemic the teams were the teams were reduced in their capacity to have crowds first they had no fans and then they were allowed to allow limited numbers of fans and so when teams were allowed to let fans cheer in 2022 
they were only allowed to let fans cheer if they had half seating in the sec- cheering sections. And you know how many f- teams said, well, geez, let's have a full crowd except for half of our cheering section. And they went, no, no <laughs> way. Right. They have been maximizing income. And fair enough. I mean, the DNA base stars built a new wing seats uh they they added uh whole sections to their uh stands and right and left to their stadium expanded them and the those seat the left field side opened in 2020 and they weren't able to sell any hardly any of those tickets yeah i don't think i don't think any in no, zero is what i would say right in so they had they had a huge amount they had a huge uh construction bill to pay because they they operate the stadium and they had no income so that was all coming out of their pockets and i think they're sort of taking that out and reporters <laughs> d- it's not that we don't put money in the cash box because we certainly do yeah but we don't put money in the in the cash box today our stories are things that build the game going forward that increase that solidify the fan base going forward not today not tomorrow not next month but next year the year after we build the connections with the players with the coaches with the the former players on the field and but what the teams are saying now most of the teams is ah, what did you do for us today you, whatever you write today, it's not going to make a penny for us. Right. So get lost. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I, it's mean for me to say that, but that is the stance that um, by my survey, essentially nine NPB teams are doing. And, and the three that aren't are the Cebu Lions. Uh, uh, and according to them, the, uh, the Hanshin Tigers and the Hiroshima Carp. The Hanshin Tigers being the big surprise there. <laughs> Right, right. So yeah, I, I I would just say that uh, like again, I I think the you say maximize uh, income and that's that's fine. I just think the you know without the media, the teams would do something to get the word out, and TV would take over. And you know without us writing, all the media outlets writing about baseball, I think they just value all those people more than they value the media. But without the media, nobody really you know unless you're at the game or unless you see it on TV, and that's a a medium through which people are viewing the, the games that it's just, it, you know, I just think they're more important. And I think that's what the, the teams are looking at. But um, in terms of the access, I, yeah, the fans have more access to uh, the players than the government has had. I mean, <laughs> and the government knows everything about these guys. So restrictions are loosening. And I just think um, hopefully the COVID situation can be, something maybe in a couple of years that we look back on and not worry about so much. But I, I just, I think it's going to be a 10 year thing, you know, from mm. start to finish that uh, people are not, there are no specific COVID rules. It's going to take a while. So, um, but yes, the, the signing sessions with players have resumed. And as far as I know, I think I heard, I've, I've heard about them on the radio. I haven't seen any, but I've, I've heard about, you know, come to come to the stadium and, you know, someone, so it's going to be signing. So I know mm-hmm. that they're back, but they some are teams are I don't and know about with all teams. Fan clubs uh, are allowed to be on the field during BP. Um, and fans. Cebu uh, still has their fan event after the games. They allow public to come onto the field and they have some events. So 
Sure. Uh, yeah, they're and crowded doing around, but well, Cebu is Cebu. I mean, yeah, all the teams have. To yeah, they all have their different things. But anyway, we'll there's one more part of the question that's really, like I said, not baseball oriented, but we'll hit that up next week. But thank you very much, Michael. We appreciate thank it. Thank you, Michael, and, and thank you, Dave, for chiming in, and also Anthony Pang on Facebook. Uh, that's part of the uh, the responses that I forwarded over to Michael. Anyone else who has a question, hit us up on. I'm going to start calling it the X <laughs> or <an> X ex- Twitter <laughs> or the website that calls it the, the, the website whose domain is Twitter.com that doesn't want to be Twitter.com. Right. X Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Well, I call it Twitter.com because ex- it's still Twitter.com. Yeah. Uh, hit us up there at JBW podcast with the hashtag high heats and email MP3s included to Y-A-K-Y-U-J-O-H-N at gmail.com or go to the Facebook page and leave us a note there, comment, whatever you got. Look for us on Google Podcasts and iTunes. We will talk to you next week. Enjoy your baseball. See you at the ballparks. on Twitter at JBW Podcast and at JBallAllen. Be sure to send in your questions with hashtag high heat and you'll hear from us again next week.